0: people don't understand the concept of daily winning. It is possible because some people don't understand winning as a daily outcome until now. Here at Champions for Life podcast, we give you ways to understand how to reverse your thinking about winning, that yes, you can, and that it is possible to experience daily winning. In small but powerful ways, you will begin to change your life and become the champion for life you have envisioned for yourself. Hi, I'm Jana. You will be listening to JDC, my husband, a father of six, martial artist, entrepreneur, a servant of Jesus Christ, and a tough love kind of guy who will share with you experience, wisdom, and ways you can overcome any challenge in your life. So get ready to be inspired encouraged, and motivated to take decisive action.
1: All right, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be in the world. This is JDC from Champions for Life podcast, and I am today so excited because today we have an amazing special guest. Her name is Janet Philbin, and she is a conscious consciousness parent parenting, if I'm saying that right, and also a social worker. So she brings to the table expertise in parenting, but not just regular parenting, but in a way that you are conscious about who is in front of you. Who do you have the privilege to parent, to guide, to lead in a way that is healthy, wholesome, and leads our children to their destiny. So I'm excited to be here today and sharing this with you. And I would like for you to, when you're listening, share this with other parents. Let's get the word out because I believe our children deserve the very, very best. So thank you for being here, Ms. Janet. I am so excited that you're here today. How are you?
2: I'm great, Jose. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Oh man, you are very welcome. You know, Janet, I, I work with a lot of parents just like you right but in two different ways right i teach the martial arts and i help them parent a martial arts child if you will which may have a lot of similarities however your expertise is you know identifying as a parent and what my role is as a parent to that creature in front of us that creation that's right there in front of us and what do we do sometimes it could be stressful sometimes it could be what did i get myself into so how do you let's help us understand who's in front of you first right
0: yeah
2: that's a great question you know as a conscious parenting coach one of the philosophies is we are here to parent the spirit of the child that is in front of us not to impose what we want on the child but instead find ways to connect with our child and support them to help them thrive and grow into the person they came here to be. So it is not parenting over the child where we're more in power, but it is parenting alongside your child. So you're more of a partner.
1: Yes. There's no
2: hierarchy, which some people don't like, but actually when you can get alongside of your child, not in a way that there are no rules or no boundaries, but that in a way that we can connect with them eye to eye, you're actually going to find that you get quote unquote, I don't like really using that word, but I can't find another one at the moment, more out of your child.
1: Right. More, right. For I, I and more that. with them. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's a very good point because, you know, a lot of parents, they want the best for their kids right? I'm going to say every parent, okay? Because yeah. we're going to speak to those parents, right? right. So every parent wants the best for their, for their child. And what we perceive to be the best, we want to then impose on them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is to refrain from that. What do you say to these parents that say, well, I want my kid to be a doctor, and I'm just going to lead them that way. And they gotta do good in school and they gotta do good this because I need them to be a doctor, so they don't suffer like I did, and blah, blah, blah. What do you got to say to this type of parenting?
2: I would ask that parent what it is within them that feels this need to push their kid in this direction. Where did that need come from within them? Because that was born in them Mm. with some place of lack not enoughness from their own childhood pain wow. and they're projecting it onto their child that if their child does this becomes a doctor in this example you're given then the parent will feel better ah, yeah. actually has no regard for if that's going to make their child feel good or not wow. what if they want to be a painter and they're being pushed to be a doctor That's in total crash course collision with their spirit and their true self
1: wow that is, I'm sure that's kind of like, uh, you know, that that might even rub a little bit on culture shock mm-hmm. because there, there are cultures
0: mm-hmm. that
1: win their kids for a specific outcome, right? So what do you say to that? What do you speak to that? And what's the belief behind that? Or in your expertise, what, what is it that we need to change as parents To not go
2: that direction and kind of like go against that grain a little bit? Well, I think we have to awaken to the fact that we are very conditioned. Mm. We are very conditioned by culture. We are very conditioned by institutions such as religions and schools and politics and name an institution. We are conditioned by it and we buy into it. So until we can look at our patterns and look at how we've been conditioned by culture, then we can't change and we won't change because we won't see the incongruence of it all, right? It just doesn't match. So we're asking our children to buy into culture that they weren't even raised in. Wow. Right? Right. So it's hierarchical. It comes down the line. There's always someone in charge in culture, right? We have a principal, we have a president, we have a priest, a rabbi, a cleric, you know, and there's a head honcho making all these dictates and all of us down here at the bottom, we're going, okay, okay, if I do this, then. So then in parenting, we say to our children, if you do this, then, and we're conditioning them,
1: what is what is in your expertise there, right? In your, in your understanding, what is the impact to the child when they are being parented like that?
2: Well, I think I think the impact can be very varied depending on the parent, but it can affect the child's sense of self their agency, meaning like their ability to know that they can do things, their resilience, their independence, their ability to trust themselves. Because what happens when we are overparenting the child or helicopter parenting the child or telling the child what to do, think, or feel before the child even has a chance to make a decision or even do it wrong, we're giving the unspoken message to that child that we don't trust you to do it or we don't trust the way you do it so we're going to preempt that or do it for you and that really is going to affect self-confidence and being that you're in the martial arts field right and this is what you're working with kids self-confidence is a big deal in martial arts is it not
1: yes absolutely you know and and I did some research, right? And, mm-hmm. and most parents want their kids to be confident and happy. Yeah. Right? Happy. Like, this is the thing. I want my kids to be happy. So if you want them to be happy, there's a lot of interpretation there based on what you think happiness is and what you feel they should do to be happy, etc., etc. So how do you navigate that fine line oh, you know, if you really want your kid to be happy, how do you help them do that?
2: Well, I think the first question we have to ask ourselves is whose definition of happy are we going for?
1: Mm.
2: Your definition as a parent or what makes your child happy? Because in conscious parenting, that's one of the myths that to be a good parent, I have to have a happy child. And so we really have to bust that myth Because what that myth is saying is that in order for me, the parent, to be happy, you, the child, must be happy. And if you, the child, aren't happy, then I must be doing something really wrong in my parenting. So just be happy, then me, the parent, I will be okay. And and there's a big discrepancy there. Yeah again it goes back to honoring the spirit of your child why is my definition of happiness being superimposed on you when you should have your own definition of happiness and then i should be there to support you in that wow
1: so how do so then that's great so then how do parents get to that point where they have that understanding what can they do Oh,
2: yeah. It's work. It's work. Conscious parenting is not for the faint of heart. Let me tell you. But it's possible. But it means being really honest with yourself and really looking at how am I contributing to this? How am I co-creating what's going on here? If you are struggling at home with your kids, your kids are always fighting you, always pushing back, always slamming the door on you. And you're just saying it's your kid's fault. It's time to take a good hard look in the mirror and say, well, I, this is a two-way relationship. I'm co-creating this. They aren't making you feel a certain way at all. You're responsible for your feelings. They're responsible for their feelings. So until the parent can own their stuff and really sit with it and really look at it and really begin to break it down or deconstruct it. Yes and gain some insight, then we can change the way we're interacting with our children. And it's very purposeful. It's very conscious and it's very mindful. So conscious means being present in this very moment, not stuck in thoughts of the future or things about the past. Well, they did this yesterday. So today, well, yesterday doesn't matter.
1: Right, it's gone.
2: It's gone and little kids, especially, they live in the present moment. That's why they can beat each other up in one minute and hate each other. And the next minute they're hugging each other. I want to play basketball. That's over. They're done with it. They've moved on. They're on to the next thing. It's we hold it. We get stuck. Right?
1: So to the parent that wants this happiness for their kid and they interpret it then the other extreme, which is whatever they want to do, Mm -hmm. however they want to do it, Whenever they want to do it, with whoever they want to do it. Kind of right. What do you what do you say to that parenting style? I mean, what what can they do to change and similarly like that, right?
2: Yeah. So what you're asking about is really boundaries. So when someone's parenting like that, they really have a lack of boundaries. And that's for a ton of different reasons. I don't really know because I don't know this particular family's story but either they grew up with really strict, strict boundaries as a child, and they made a decision, I'm not putting any boundaries on my child, or they're very afraid, there's a lot of fear in parenting, afraid that if I put boundaries on my child, they won't like me, they won't love me, I'll be bad, I want to be their friend, and in order to be their friend, I have to let them do what they want. So we have to look at why aren't you holding boundaries for your child? What are you afraid of? How does that upset you? What do you think about, if I did put bedtime at nine o'clock, are you afraid they're going to get mad at you? And what would happen if they got mad at you? And do you not know how to handle their anger? Or if someone gets upset with you, what happens inside of you? So it's usually fear-based, whether we're holding too strict a boundary or we are loosey-goosey with boundaries. So wow. we, don't wanna, we don't want to box kids in. We want to empower them. So the way I like to describe it when it comes to boundaries, because I think parents really struggle with this of all ages, is I like to think of it like one of those big cardboard refrigerator boxes, right? We all know what those are. What happens when we give a child, Jose, one of those big cardboard boxes to play in? What do they like to do?
1: Oh, and get in it.
2: Yeah, they get in it. If you give them markers or paints oh, they, or crayons, they,
1: they draw, they, they do it all
2: the way They right? like, just runs. Right, it is wow. the fort of the wildest imaginations and that cardboard box will live and get played with until they have killed it and it no longer stands up. So that's what I like to think about boundaries. Boundaries is one of those big cardboard boxes. And we tell our children, here's that box. Now let's pick cleaning your bedroom. Okay. So your bedroom has to be cleaned before nine o'clock tonight. That's the edge of the cardboard box, nine o'clock tonight. We leave them alone. You know, maybe if they're little, we give them a couple of reminders, but if they're older, we leave them alone. So we don't tell them when to clean it, how to clean it, Or what clean even looks like, right? We just trust them and we say, this is the container. Clean the room by nine o'clock. Now, if it's nine o'clock and it's not cleaned, then we have to set a new boundary. Okay, I gave you the boundary today of nine. That didn't work. And I didn't ask you or bother you at all. So tomorrow night, the boundary is going to be eight o'clock, but I'm going to check in twice and see how you're making out. But we're still not going to tell them how to clean it what to put away where, and all those little tiny micromanagement details. So we're giving them a container, we're giving them a boundary, but we're giving them freedom to move within it. Just like we give the kid the refrigerator box and we say, go to town with the crayons, don't draw on the living room wall, just draw on the cardboard. Does that make sense?
1: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
2: that's why I love that. Yeah,
1: that, that makes a lot of sense. Very clear, very clear picture, you know? So, but, the, but it does bring another question where, you know, I've heard parents say, it doesn't matter what I tell them, they just don't do it. Right. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm tired of telling them, and, and you know, I've said it hundreds of times and they still don't change and blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do you got to say to that parenting style where, you know, you, you do the same example, nine mm-hmm. o'clock and eight o'clock, i check two times mm-hmm. and let's just say they don't do it again.
2: They don't do it again. We make the box smaller and smaller. Until? I, I don't know, maybe the box gets really small. I don't know, each case is different.
1: Right, right, Until
2: what? Until mom has to go in the room and say, okay, now I get to do it with you. With you. Because you couldn't as do a, it by yourself.
1: Yeah. As opposed, to, as opposed to punishing the kid right. Or or taking things away. Mm -hmm. or things like that because if you did that what what is the outcome of that what is that what is the impact
2: because we want children to learn from naturally occurring consequences right so if they don't clean their room and we take away their phone that makes no sense if they're on their phone instead of cleaning their room then that's fine you get your phone back when your room is clean because the phone is what's distracting you but if the phone is not The thing that is distracting them to clean the room, but the parent uses the phone as a control object. The the only thing that gets their attention, the wrong message. Got it. And the problem is more than likely connection. When we see children's behaviors, no matter what it is—not cleaning the room, not doing a chore, not doing homework, having a temper tantrum—in whatever age and stage it might be at, behavior is a way of communication for children. It's like an iceberg. So all we see sticking out of the water is the tip. And so the behavior is the tip of that iceberg. But as a conscious parent, we have to remember, look under the iceberg. What's going on beneath this behavior? What is the unmet need? That's what the parent always needs to ask themselves. What is the unmet need? Are they tired? Are they hungry? Are they scared? Did they have a hard day at school? Maybe they had a fight with their friend. Maybe they don't know how to do their homework and they're afraid to ask. Maybe they just need to sit on the couch and cuddle. Who knows what it is? But children are seeking connection. They're connection seekers. And adults, a lot of times, aren't really making that time. I've been guilty of it myself at times. The screen, these little phones here are our biggest problem for adults. How can we expect our children not to want to be on screens if we always have ours in our hand, Uh, right? So first, before we blame the kid and say the kid has to change, again, I point back to the parent and say, what does the parent need to know about themselves? What actions are you doing that are actually impacting your kid? Clean up your own inner landscape and i guarantee you unless we're dealing with a red flag issue a child that really has a you know serious diagnosis or you know something that we're doing different kind of intervention on but you know our average family with average kids and average kids problems when you clean up your inner landscape and take care of you you will start seeing changes with your children it yeah. will improve
1: yes yeah, so it all it all points back to the parent and being the leader, actually, right? Yeah. The lead home. by
2: example. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: lead by example. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So let's take a, a little break here in between sure. and share where can parents find you, right? Oh and connect with you.
2: Thank you. Yeah, they can just go to my website, Janet Philbin p-h-i-l-b-i-n.com. And everything they want to find out about me is there from my book to my social media links and everything else.
1: That is wonderful. So you heard it right there. Go check her out. Go learn. Go explore. Go grow so that your children can grow, right? This is powerful. So, Miss Janet, let's talk a little bit about your passion to do this how did it start and why why did you choose this career
2: path it's such a good question thanks for asking honestly because of my own kids i have three children they're age 16 21 and 23 now and when my 11 year old my youngest was 11 i should say because she's 16 now um at 11 she was she was a challenging child my middle guy he was really a challenging child the temper tantrums like you've never seen in your life maybe but as my youngest was growing up i was she was struggling with similar issues to my middle guy except not as intense or as extreme and someone casually introduced me to this book called the awakened family by dr Shafali sabari And she told me she had been applying some of the concepts with her eight or nine-year-old around screen time, and she couldn't believe the improvement. So I got on Amazon right there. We were in the middle of a professional meeting. I got on Amazon right there, ordered the book. It's a big book, like 300 pages. And I read it in about two and a half weeks, like it was fiction. And I immediately, as I was reading the book, started applying the principles in the book to myself. Said nothing to my 11-year-old. First to you. First to me. And within two weeks, she was like, what are you doing, mom? Why is everything so different now? Like she felt it. It took about two weeks and she actually confronted me on it. Like what's going on? Things have changed, right? And slowly things did start to change. So her behaviors started changing because I started interacting with her Differently. Now you think I would have known better. I've been a social worker since 1991, right? You think I would know better. But when you're the parent, all of my triggers, all my childhood triggers were coming up. And plus, I had a lot of triggers from my middle guy, who was a very tan- tantrumy child. Very. Can I say that enough? So <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been down the road of parenting a difficult child. I have been and nothing changed until I changed myself in my parenting. And that was the biggest shift. And that was like the final click in the cogwheel that put all the pieces together for me for everything I had learned up until that point, six, six years ago, yeah, about that. And from six years forward now, where things are very different. And it doesn't matter how old your children are, because at that time, my oldest was, you know, like 14, so 15. So things changed even with her, too. So when we approach our children with a philosophy of I need to connect before I correct,
0: Mm.
2: that will make all the difference in the world. Right there just right there and we meet our children where they're at and we let go of expectations and just listen
1: yeah
2: listen and listen and don't talk yeah like really don't talk you listen until they're done talking and then you still maybe count to four or five in your head make sure they're done talking and then you can respond not to fix but just to acknowledge what they said to you Wow, thank you for sharing that to me. It sounds like you had a hard day. Wow, is there anything else you want to tell me about that? I hear how frustrating that was for you. They're not looking to be fixed. We want to fix them because that makes us feel better. They're just looking to be heard. The holidays
1: are parenting skills. Mm-hmm. It's so good that we did something great, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I, I love that. There's so much here. You know. There's so much and we're running out of time, but before we run out of time,
0: okay,
1: I, I got to ask you because there's a lot of divorcing in mm-hmm. the world and parenting has become a one-sided thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very few parents have two zip codes that come together in agreement, right? Yeah. Mostly they're separate. Mm-hmm. You know? And I many stories because I deal with this almost on a daily basis with parenting. And... A lot of divorced families have separate messages when they go to this house, when they go to that house, this is the expectation. And somebody always ends up losing and is always the child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, the question I have is, what, what can a parent do that's on the end of dealing with the broken pieces every single time that their child visits or spends time with the other side, let's call Mm -hmm. it. And although they have the right to parenting, child is the one that we're focused on here. So what can that parent do to ease that?
2: Just what I was saying before, honestly, connection, listening, Validating all children just want to know they're seen heard and understood. Right. So do you see me. Do you hear me. Do you get what I'm saying. Do I matter. Am I loved that. Those are the questions your child wants answered. And it only takes one conscious parent, you know, because you can have a married couple. And yes. you have one parent who's like, we. I'm gonna be the conscious parent. And the other parent is like, no way, I'm old school. Doesn't matter. It just takes one conscious parent. In attachment theory, you just need one secure attachment. Wow. One. So though I know people feel that their children are in lack because they don't have both parents sometimes, I want the parents listening to this who happen to be single parents to remember it just takes one secure attachment to one parent who can see them, hear them, validate them, understand them. That's all your children really want. That's all any of us really want, right? Right. right. Even as adults. Right. So just give to your child what you really want for yourself.
1: Amazing. Someone's here, right? Yeah. I could go on and on asking you questions. But this is a powerful topic, and I love this. I'm all about the family and the children. Mm -hmm. and uh so we 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 just we just love our children right just like you you love your parents and you love your children and the more that we can help and impart in them then the better our children are gonna be yeah the world we can have too right
2: oh my god so much yeah so absolutely
1: our time has come to an end and this was amazing parents listening here i am so excited for this topic i hope that you get this Golden nuggets and you list them out, write them out, but more importantly, start using them in yourself first. Correct. Start changing the way you see things, the way you see your child. Start changing the way you perceive things, and focus on the betterment of your child. And so, this has been awesome, Miss Janet. Thank,
0: thank you for
1: for being on and thank you for being a great expert at your field and that you love it and your passion and that's a gift to the parents and the children. So uh, until next time, this is JDC from Champions for Life. You have an amazing day, and we'll talk to you on the next one.